Isn't that great? I just love that song. You know, the thing about that is, listen, last night, if you weren't here, real quick, uh, visitors, uh, regulars who weren't here last night, chapter two, and we really just were sort of, it was really what it was, was our annual congregational meeting, and the only way we know how to have a meeting is just throw a party. So that's basically what we did, and, and talked about budget and money and, and volunteers, stuff like that. But uh, they did that song at the end, for those of you who weren't here, and while they were singing, we had... Uh, uh, different pictures of, of Renaissance Church through, through since the beginning and through the years, and, and it's not been that many years, four, four and a half years, and um, really only last three and a half, all account. But um, the I'm kidding. If you were here, you know that I came three and a half years ago. Don't 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 applaud that. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that. That's just called ego. Um, anyway, and they, we just had pictures of that, and I was I was standing back there, and one of the waiters said to me, we had, if you weren't here, we had waiters, and it was really cool. One of the waiters said, where are they going to find what they're looking for? And I said, when they die, go to heaven and be with Jesus, you idiot. What do you think they're talking about? No, I, I, did, I, I left off the idiot part. But uh, um, that's what that song is talking about. I still haven't found what I'm looking for, and he, and, and, and he goes through the whole thing. I don't know if you know that. It's, it's really a quote-unquote Christian song, even though it's a huge mega hit. And uh, as well as in the soundtrack for a movie, right? Run, Runaway Bride. Remember that movie? Um, um, it, that's, that was, you know, I still haven't found what I was looking for. They kind of made that, you know, into the, to the, to the Runaway Bride thing. But that's a lot about growth. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. The thing I like about the song and the words and, and as, you, as we talk about growth, it, it is this. Now, I remember many times as a young believer in, in, in Christ and, and people who do what I do, stand up in front and talk about, oh, you know, if you trust Jesus, you're going to have peace and happiness forever and ever. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't really always have peace and happiness. What's wrong with me? You know, and of course, I think the the struggle of that song really defines this whole thing of, of growth because the truth is, until we go to heaven and are with Christ, we won't totally find what we're looking for because we live in a fallen world with fallen people who do broken things to each other and to us and we got to cope with that and deal with that and at the same time learn how to love and, and have grace and i think only god can give us that ability to do that as we have a relationship with him so that's what we're talking about personal and or spiritual growth because our without growth we become stagnant and frankly boring and all of us can probably understand that. Um, so a question, can, can one be stagnant and be growing at the same time? Just think about that. It's a rhetorical question. Growth is what keeps life exciting. Uh, growth, I believe, is one of the great cures for boredom, certainly. Uh, one, one great writer, Pearl, Pearl Buck, said this, Growth itself contains the germ of happiness. While I don't necessarily agree with that statement totally, I like the thought. Growth contains the germ of happiness. Now, what, that, what we have to be careful with that is sometimes we'll go through a real tough time, a really difficult time, and we look back on that, and we, there wasn't much happiness, and there wasn't much joy. But when we look back on that, we say, wow, I really grew through that. So we need to be careful when we start defining these kind of things. Frankel put it this way. I love this thought from Viktor Frankl. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. 
in our response lies our growth and our freedom. That's a powerful statement right there. Between the stimulus and response, there is a space. It may be just a moment. It may be longer than that. But that in itself, uh, in that in itself lies our growth and our freedom. So let's just jump into this. I want to get into this and just talk about growth. I love this. What's that all have to do with church? This is what church is supposed to facilitate that. Do we do that here? I hope so. We don't always. We try. Try really hard. And uh, whether it be in music, whether it be in the spoken word, try to, to be a facilitator toward growth in your own life, both, both as a person and particularly in your, in your journey with Christ. And maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're still thinking about that. Maybe you're exploring. Maybe you're seeking. That's great. We want to be a part of that seeking process. We don't have all the answers. Got a couple. Don't have all of them. Still looking. I have a lot less answers than I thought I did about 20 years ago. But uh, I, I do know a couple, and one of them, one of them lies in a relationship with God. And, and we're at different points along that journey, all of us. Some of us have been at it for a long time. Some of us are right in the beginning. Some of us are right in the middle. Some of us are still thinking about it, still just sort of toying with that idea, just kind of pursuing and seeking truth. And, uh, and that's terrific. Let me show you what Brian McLaren, I appreciate his writing so much. Um, Brian McLaren said this, spiritual growth means that five years from now, your set of beliefs will hopefully be different from today's. That your beliefs, be, be careful of what he's saying here. That he says that your beliefs will be more fine-tuned, more tested, more balanced, more examined. Now, he's not saying that your core system of beliefs is going to change. He's not saying that. He's a, just a dynamic man of God and, and a great writer and very, uh, really in the, in, the, in, the, in the leadership area of, of what we would call the, the postmodern movement and theology and so forth that goes along with that. Has a church down near D.C. and uh, been there and have met him a couple times and fed some lunch. And he, 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 he's just a solid person. Here's the thing. Spiritual growth means that five years from now your set of beliefs, again, not your core beliefs, but, but your set of beliefs will, will hopefully be different than today's. I think back over my life. Do I believe the same things that I did when I graduated and went into the ministry? And, and I have, you know, I still believe in Jesus. I still believe the Bible is, is, is authoritative. I believe it's, it's, it's the, 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 the rule for life and practice and a relationship with God. Um, I think I'd probably have a little better understanding of the Bible and how it should be interpreted than when I did then. But, you know, when I started looking at some of the things that I had written 20, 30 years ago and so forth of, of my doctrinal statement. Well, that's been, uh, that's been pared down significantly because it used to be that if you, know, if you weren't just the right theologian and had the right theology and, and had the right eschatology and, and had all your, 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 you know, your, your T's crossed in the right way and your I's dotted in the right way, well, <laughs> you're going to bust the gates of hell wide open if you don't have all that stuff down. That was way back when. You start looking through these things and you start studying and you start asking God to work in your heart and in your life. And, and your, your, your beliefs, your beliefs do get more fine-tuned. They do get more tested. They do get more balanced. They do get more examined. And that's, that's what he's talking about here. So there's growth in that. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's, it's just thinking and studying and reading. Sometimes it's a worldview being expanded. You know, it was really easy to hate communists until I went to Russia. Started meeting people. Good people. 
you know, and some of them are still communist. So funny, you're there, and we were at, uh, I've been, for those of you who don't know, I've traveled a little bit with a group out of D.C., that, uh, which what I really did before I came here as pastor, and uh, we were in uh, this little village down sort of close to the Ukraine, and uh, power went off about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, just after we had lunch. And one of the people said, and these, these people were, were committed followers of Christ. And one of them looked at me and said, that never happened when we were communist. And I'm like, okay. But a lot of other things did, though, didn't it? No, I didn't. I just, I was with a friend, and he had his, uh, he had his elbow in my side constantly, uh, teaching, me, teaching me diplomacy, and, and I was like, you know, okay. But, you know, it's, it's real easy. When you don't, when you don't have your worldview changes as you as you see things and and as you learn, all that's part of growth. That's personal growth. You say, well, it could be, because there there can be a difference between personal growth and spiritual growth. I mean, all growth is personal, but not all growth is spiritual. Spiritual growth, and I'm going to define it more for you in just a moment, but spiritual growth more has to do with, with our relationship with God and where we are on that whole spectrum as we continue. And I want to show you some of those. What I want to do, I just want to take you to the Bible. I've got a bunch of stuff. I'm just going to, for lack of a better term, I'm just going to beat you over the head with some Bible for a minute, okay? I don't mean that literally. I'm just going to, I'm just going to pepper you with a lot of a scripture that talks about growth, and we'll talk about it, Okay? So let's just, let's just jump into this. Philippians 1, I am convinced of this, so I will continue with you so that you will grow and experience the joy of your faith. Isn't that interesting? The Apostle Paul who wrote this said, you know, I want you to grow. One of the things that's going to come from your growth is you're going to get a little happier. You're thinking, oh, I know a lot of places that doesn't really get proclaimed. And are they lesser than we are? Or are they not as far along as we are? I don't, you know, we, we can't make those judgments. I don't know. I want to just see what the Bible says. Let's just try to follow it. This is pretty clear here to me. Grow and experience the joy of your faith. So it's not all about, oh, let's go into the presence of God. Let's just talk about all the oppression and the, sadness and how tough it is to be a follower of Christ. Just a little flashback there from my childhood, sorry. Um, I could go on. Uh, I could go on. I could do some good stuff, but it would be unkind, and I don't want to be unkind. Um, how about this one? Colossians, let your roots grow down into him. That's, that's, that's God. And draw up nourishment from him so you will grow in your faith. Strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done. He says, so, you know, this growth affects how thankful we are. What would be, you've heard me, some of you have heard me say this before, particularly whenever we talk about Thanksgiving, and especially at Thanksgiving time, but I try to talk about other times of the year as well. What would be the, an antonym for Thanksgiving? Starts with a W. Then an H, I think. Whining. I mean, it is. It's the antonym for, for Thanksgiving. It's, it's, it's a lack of thankfulness. Think about that. Kids, think about that. When you start complaining, <laughs> kids, adults, think about that. You start complaining. You start, oh, yeah. It's a lack of gratitude. Granted, bad stuff happens. Granted, you know... 400 cars shouldn't be in front of me at that particular time in history. You know, there are a lot of things that shouldn't happen. 
But when we start whining, and, and it's, interesting, it's, it's very interesting to me. This, is, this goes back just the whole, my whole view of Scripture. The Scripture is, is just this is so much common sense here. Just common sense. One of the things, I don't care whether you're talking about a person who's a devoted follower of Christ or a person who's the biggest heathen in the world, nobody likes whining. It's interesting to me that the qualities of the, of the Scripture that God upholds are the qualities that we all appreciate just as human beings, a thankful person. You've been around a thankful person? I mean, they're just tremendous. I, I always think of a guy that I used to play golf with. And, you know, th- those of you who are golfers, I mean, you know, some of us, we've, we've been on the golf course. I gave up golf one time. I've mentioned this before because I just always was whining and I couldn't hit the shot that I wanted to hit. And, uh, and I was just like, yeah, this is just so frustrating. Well, I finally got over that. I'm not hitting these balls where I want to hit them, but I'm just grateful to be out there. And this guy taught me that. He'd hit a ter- he was a good golfer, too. He was a, he was a good golfer and he'd hit some huge slice, which if you don't know what that is, that's bad. And, and, and then he's, you know, it's just so great to be out here. Just, you know, and, and it's just, think about that. Think about your kids sometimes. You kind of get a little whiny about, oh, my kids are so needy. They're on my, you know, they're like a, like a fifth leg, you know, or, or, or a third leg, depending on how many you have. And, uh, and, and it's like, you know, golly, you know, what, what's the deal? Well, just think about that. Just be, you know, it's a lack of Thanksgiving. Deal with that. That's part of growth. It's part of growth. I've got to get through these. I'm going to, First Thessalonians. And may the Lord make your love grow and overflow to each other and everyone else. Look at that. Just as our, overflow, our love overflows to you. He says, let your love overflow, not just to, you know, people around you, but everybody else. Not just people, quote, unquote, in the church or another church, but everybody. Isn't that interesting? It's a great verse. James, for when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in character and ready for anything. Growth affects how we respond to the issues of life, good and bad. Growth affects how we respond, to go back to the Frankel quote, but between the time that something happens in the moment that we have before we respond. Growth affects that. Peter put it this way, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you can grow into the fullness of your salvation. Cry out for this nourishment as a baby cries for milk. It feeds our soul. It feeds our life. We talk about just, that's, he's just talking about spiritual things, truth, reading, praying, going to the Bible, seeing what's there. Books about the Bible. Peter also says this, godliness leads to love for other Christians. And finally, you will grow to have genuine love for everyone. says it again here. The more you grow like this, the more you will become productive and useful in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, of our Lord Christ. It affects how we love people. And then again, Peter chapter 3, 2 Peter now. But grow in the special favor and the knowledge of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be all glory and honor, both now and forevermore. Growth is measured by deepened character, by well-balanced priorities, driven by a strong passion for God. That's growth. A strong passion for God and for his righteousness in your life. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect but it means you're going to get a little closer to it. 
and you look back over your life and you look back over the last, you just don't look back over your whole life. Just look back over it over the last year. Have I seen some growth? Am I, you know, is that, am I a little less likely to blow my top? I got, I got let me give you something real quick. I'm going to come back to that thought. Growing closer to God really means we have a deeper measure of Christ-like qualities in our life. That's what it means. A deeper measure of Christ-like qualities. Um, we're sitting around. We have this thing, and you've, you've heard us talk about it, this thing called pregame. It's on Friday at 10. Very few people can come because it's just a terrible time. And, and that's okay. We, we, it's really, that's just the way it has to be. But we do it like at 10 o'clock Wednesday morning at our offices over in Milburn. And uh, a few few people come, and we just talk about the, the upcoming. I give them some things that I'm going to be talking about. Trust me, I'm prepared by Friday, but I still like hearing what people have to say about the subject. And I pick some things up, and some really, uh, some really insightful people oftentimes. All, all the time, but it oftentimes give me some good ideas. So we came up with this thing. I, uh, they helped me with a little bit. I wanted some evidences that there has been some degree of spiritual growth going on in my life. So I want to just kind of put this in real plain language for you. What are some evidences that there's been some growth take place in my life in the last year? Let's just kind of keep things simple, okay? Last year. If you want to go two or three or four, that's fine too. But here's, here, here are some things, just, just some things. I'm just going to, there's 16 of them. Why are there 16 of them? Because that's how many we came up with, okay? Um, not a magic number here. There's no hidden Hebrew meaning. There's no hidden Da Vinci Code type of thing here going on, you know? By the way, let me just interject something. The Da Vinci Code is a novel. I just want to say that. Okay. Um, no, I just I get respond to all the stuff I hear, and I'm like, it's a novel. It's fiction. Do you know what a novel is? Anyway, off the subject, but needed to be said. Um, not, nothing hidden here. No hidden code. 16 evidences of some degree of some degree of spiritual growth. Number one, I love a little more. Number two, I hate a little less. Number three, I'm content a little more. Number four, I gossip a little less. You go, ooh. Number five, there's a lot more living in the now. Not in the past, not in the future, but now. That's that's what the scriptures teach about. That's That's what God wants from us. Number six, I yell a little less, hopefully a lot less. Number seven, I smile a little more. I mean, that affects how, yeah, affects my countenance. Affects how I feel about life. Number eight, I care a little less about revenge. You know, that may take that to your business, getting back at somebody, take that to some personal relationship, some family relationship. Something going on between you and somebody else. You know, I care a little less about getting revenge and just say, yeah, let it go. Let it go. Have a better understanding of one day at a time, which is what the Bible teaches. I twist the truth a little less. You know, you ever spin a little bit? Somebody says, did you say such and such? And you go, well, and then you start, you know, and then you start dancing. Well, Here's what I, you know, as you grow, you say, you know what, I did say that. And you know what, I shouldn't have. Or I did say that, and here's why I said that. 
I'm sorry if that comes across unkind, but here's the truth. You spin a little less. You don't try to, you don't try to deny things. You don't try to, 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 to stretch the truth. You don't try to exaggerate the truth or minimize the truth. Somebody says that you have too much to drink, and you'll say, yeah, I did. Instead of, well, maybe. I spin. I twist the truth a little less. How about this one, number 11? I'm a little less quick with a cutting remark. A little less quick with a cutting remark. It's going to cut somebody down. Might get a laugh, but it's going to cut somebody down. Number 12, a little better understanding of expectations. We all have expectations, and sometimes it causes us to really not have much fun in life because our expectations weren't met. As we grow, particularly as we grow spiritually, we have a little better understanding of expectations. They become a little less, frankly, because we know what we're dealing with. We're living in a fallen world, a broken world with broken people who do broken things. doesn't mean we still shouldn't have them. We have a better understanding of them. Number 13, we have a little more enjoying the moment. I think I've said something like that now about three times, and I think it's important. Number 14, we accept a little more about people and their idiosyncrasies. We're not so harsh and so critical about it. We can say, you know, that's not me, but that's who they are, and I love them. And maybe that's a quality that I can appreciate. Maybe it's a quality that's flat out wrong. Maybe it's a quality about them that's sinful. But I can still accept them. And I can still love them. Because there's many qualities about me that are sinful. And God never blinked at loving and accepting me. Number 15, you trust God a little more with the gut-wrenching issues of life. The things you just don't understand. And I got to tell you, from my perspective at this stage of my life, there's a lot of things I don't understand. I used to be able to explain them, and then, you know, you have to make judgments, and then you have to make assumptions, then you, have to, then you realize you're wrong. There's a lot of things I don't understand. There's a lot of things, and this is the last thing. Um, you, just, you just trust God more. You just trust God more with those gut-wrenching issues of life that's hard to understand. Deaths. We've had some amazing, untimely deaths in this community in this last year. People say, can you understand that? I don't understand that. Nor do I like it. Nor can I say, well, it's just the way God wanted it. Things happen when you live in a broken world. Things that aren't good. And we've got to learn to trust God in those things, even though we don't understand them. And it has been said that we really don't trust God until we trust God with the things that we don't understand. And I think that's an important issue. I mean, who am I to think that I can understand all the mysteries of life and why certain things happen, and why they happen, and why that person got a terminal disease and that person didn't. Why that person's having issues that this person's not. Is it their own fault? Sometimes, but not always. And those are the issues that are the gut-riching issues of life. You trust God a little more. Let me leave. Let me close with this last thing. One final question. Has there been growth in your life? Are you growing? First of all, as a human being, secondly, if you're a follower of Christ, are you growing to be more of the person that God wants you to be? I wrestled really hard with, with, with just talking about, okay, how do we grow? And you know what? <clears throat> I, 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 wrestled, I 
toyed around with different steps. Here's how we grow. And, and, and he, every time I came back to this thing, well, that's true, but not always true. There's no formula. There's no formula. Boom, 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 and boom. Presto, you're going to be a grown-up Christian. Ha, ha, ha. I wish it were that easy. But I'll tell you what you do need to do. You need, you need to talk to God about it. You need to let God work. I mean, here, here, the truth is, most of you, if not all of you right now, are thinking of some issues in your own life. You know, I really need some growth in this area. Don't think about somebody else. Think about yourself. I really need some growth. I would encourage you to say, just talk to God about that. If you want to, you might want to talk to your mate or, or someone close to you about that. You know, what do you think about this thing? And, and God has an away, a, amazing way of bringing some of that stuff together for us. My point is, be aware. Be aware, be self-aware. And watch how that growth takes place, and particularly as you have a relationship with God, as God allows certain things to happen, brings certain things into your life to cause that growth to take place. Some good, some not so good. But the growth will be there as we trust God. Let's pray together. Get the guys coming up to the band. God, thank you so much for, for these truths. Help us to, to take them to, our, to heart and to our mind to the core of who we are. Help us to think, to pray, to reflect, maybe even talk to you or others about how this can take place and needs to take place in our lives. I pray that for each one of us. We thank you for Jesus who came, lived, suffered, died, went to the tomb and rose again to give us the opportunity to have a relationship with you, God, so that we can grow in a spiritual way becoming more Christ-like in our character and in our attitudes. Sometimes it's just a little tiny bit, but it's more. We pray that. We thank you for that. We thank you for this time we have together. Pray for each person here. Pray for you to bless each one as well. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.